Hi, everyone. Welcome to the ImpactVest podcast, transformative global innovation in a new era of impact. I'm Aisha Williams, the founder and CEO of ImpactVest. And along with our guest host, we aim to inspire and motivate towards collective positive global impact to solve our world's most pressing challenges in sustainability. With each episode, we will engage in insightful conversations with global change makers, visionaries, and sustainability activists who wish to build a more sustainable and resilient future. Join us now as we create the future of impact. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to our podcast. Today, I have the pleasure to be joined by Hanashi Tarawinga and Kelvin Tichana, who are the founders of Development Data by Africa and Impact Design Academy. Uh, welcome, both of you, to our podcast today. Thank you. We are glad to be here. Right. Thank you so much. Can you tell us about your vision for your company and why you chose to launch it? Okay, so I guess I'll start with uh, the Impact Design Academy, which is our initial initiative that we started together. We were students at Ashesi University. Uh, I was in electrical and electronic engineering. Panache was studying computer science, but we both had interests in building AI models, programming, and all of that. And uh, at the time, we found resources online, such as Coursera, Udacity, where we enrolled in a number of courses and did a lot of projects to master the basics of machine learning, for example. And uh, through that, we've evolved into better developers. So we felt that everybody else should have access to such things. But unfortunately, here in Africa, it's pretty difficult for people to have access, for example, to Udacity, because most of them are paid courses. And uh, we felt that we we, by virtue of being Ashesi students, using our university email addresses, we had some of these courses for free, but there are some some of our peers who are out there who don't have such privileges. So we designed uh, a curriculum using the Impact Design Academy that would help youths in developing communities master some of the skills in programming, and we would like to make resources available to them so that they can be better programmers and they can also use design thinking to solve some of their community problems. Rather, what we want to train them is to be the masters of their own fate, where they decide what problems to solve with the skills that they acquire through our program. Uh, I'll let Panache speak about Buy Africa. Absolutely. So um, for Buy Africa, we realized that when it comes to, to shipping products um, into Africa, people usually face challenges as in their products. They don't get delivered on time uh, because the, the warehouses are not based in Africa or uh, yeah, it just basically takes time for the products to to come from other continents into Africa. So we're focusing more on, on Ghana so far, and we want to make it in such a way that now people can order products on our platform and they get delivered within a few days. We want to make this possible by making use of a warehouse based in Ghana so that whenever the products are on demand there in Ghana, then we'll just drive them to the users that need them within a specific given time. And I'll, I'll, I'll also testify on this problem. I have a shipment that's supposed to come, that came from the UK last week, uh, and the new Raspberry Pi they launched. So I was one of the people that was gifted for testing. 
But unfortunately, when it got to the airport here in Zimbabwe, there are some papers that I need to have that I never knew that I need to have to receive a compute a computer a compute module, an import license. So those are the kind of hassles we are trying to help people solve and ensure that they get their goods in time. Um, yeah, I, we believe that we have worked with people here on this project. And also we have someone that we're working with, um, you may be familiar with him, Daniel Levy, who's also helping us uh, shape this idea into reality. And we have apparently an investor who's also interested keen in this project. So we are in the process of now buying everything that we need to bring it to reality. So we, are, we will have an online store and the way we want to operate is using transparency. There's a lot of online stores in Africa. There's Ubuy Ghana, there's Jumia, there's Gigi. So how do we separate ourselves from them? What we want to do is to give ownership to the customers of the entire buying and shipping process such that we promote transparency and trust. And that in itself should help uh, the users trust us more and also use our platforms more often. So with that, I think our selling point, yes, is that of ownership. We we want to understand the user journey as they are going through the hustles of getting whatever they need to get, say, from China or from Germany into Zimbabwe, into Ghana, although for now it's still Ghana. We want to understand what are, what are the challenges that they face throughout the journey, and we ease that route, and we try to figure out a way to make it as convenient and fast as possible. So that's our goal with Buy Africa. And with Impact Design Academy, our goal, again, is to ensure that we have a cheap way. In fact, some of the materials are free and you get certifications. And after that, you also get to work with us on certain projects that are community centered. So we want to make it as accessible to everybody with, with or without money such that no one is left out because we believe that technology should be accessible to all. It can just be for the select few that are privileged enough to have a constant internet access at home or to have computers. We want to have resources that we can make available to those that do not have. So that's our goal with Impact Design Academy. And then lastly, I will speak about uh, development data aggregator. So this idea was born out of the fact that a lot of the problems that we have especially here in Africa, manifest as noisy data. It's part of also why we started Impact Design Academy, because we want students to understand how to manipulate data to make sense out of it and find solutions to problems that they have. So we we figured that we could also help startups, uh, people in policy making by gathering data from the world over and analyzing it and making a dashboard and such that they can pull reports on whatever research that they're doing. Should it be policy on climate change? Should, be, should it be policy on gender equity? How can we ensure that the information that is out there is correct? And when they are doing their research for academia, for policymaking, for businesses, they are as informed as, as possible. Because we believe that once you're armed with accurate data, whatever you you, you choose to do, you, you'll be efficient. So that's the idea behind the development data aggregator. And we're in the phase where we're testing out the initial ideas that we have, the initial prototypes that we have, but uh, the final, we are going to get into the final phase where we have an uh, MVP out soon. 
So that's where we are at with the development data aggregator. But in the end, we want all of these three to work together such that um, we have people who are learning the skills that are needed to start their own companies. And we also have a platform where they can pull reports, they can pull analytics, they can understand what's happening in the world or in the field they want to work in. And also we want to be able to allow people who are trying to buy and sell here locally and also abroad and get information as fast as possible and own that process. And in the end, we hope that it, uh, we improve our communities here in Africa. Can you give us some examples of how you've been able to leverage data and technology to improve operations for local businesses? For example, you gave us the example of having to recover your package uh, from the airport and not knowing the documents that you needed, right? And so are there any other examples that you can give us and our audience of real problems that, that you've solved for local businesses? Right. Yeah. So we haven't really sold this idea yet to any business, but uh, we worked on an issue of cancer research, right? And what we wanted, we realized that in Africa, most of the times, more often than not, we find that doctors get to detect uh, cancer maybe in the later stages, right? And it's not really their fault. Sometimes it's also because we don't have the diagnostic tool, tools that are needed for that. So we we felt that with computer vision and machine learning, we could develop something that could help that in the process. So we developed a tool, a, mo a machine learning model that use that would try to scan, let's say, X-ray images of the of the chest area of a patient and try to detect early stage cancer. So in the process of that, obviously we need, if we are to sell that to a, to a hospital or the idea to anyone, we need proper ways of doing that, that we need an expert in the field of medicine that would verify that we are doing the right thing. And Mr. Levy has been quite instrumental in that and trying to find us the right connections to help us get the people that we can sell the idea to, or at least try to, see if it works again we've also worked with another company uh lido it's based in california although we worked remotely uh we were just looking at uh, the development phase of the because they are they're they're a philanthropic company that does work in the middle east but they're based in california and through the connections that mr daniel levy has we were able to build some of the tools that they are using in their current business now from the web well, the uh, the with the websites where they get the data from, and basically the outlook of their digital business. So uh, through that, we've been able to kind of like have contract based work with them. And currently, we are involved in a project with an island startup. Uh, it's called My Report. Ie. Uh, in this uh, in this startup, we are trying to develop uh, a, a platform that helps. Uh, real estate agents find properties with ease, right? So we are acquiring data from public resources that are legal, and uh, so that we don't we don't get involved in situations where we have to face losses for getting data that's not legal to get. So we are trying to acquire we are acquiring data about properties, addresses, air codes. Uh, more like zip codes, but for properties in Ireland. And we use that information to create a database and have a front end where uh, real estate agents and people who are trying to rent or buy properties can go to and 
do that together. So all of that is as a result of the idea that we believe data is at the center of trying to find solutions for many communities. Although, yes, we've worked mostly with companies that are outside of Africa, but we believe that that will give us the right traction we need because having to start something here in Africa can be difficult, especially when you're young people. We just recently graduated from university, undergrad for that matter. It can be quite tricky to be trusted. So we felt these could be our selling points, could be a credibility booster for our for our work. I don't know if Panache has anything to say there. Nah, you said everything, Kevin. All right. Okay. Yep. And yes, it is quite an accomplishment for both of you, um, just being out of undergrad and university uh, to to have launched your businesses and, and, and to have such a comprehensive vision of your market. Um, and what do both of you think about the potential for AI on the African continent and for entrepreneurs based on the continent, right? That That is the mega trend, the mega force of this year going into 2024. And we all expect for it to be the catalyst for many sectors. Um, And so so what do you see for your businesses and your outlook on the potential for AI? Can I show you how to take that? Maybe I can add on later. Sure, I'll take. So um, um, I just want to reiterate on what Kelvin said some few weeks ago when we had a a meeting. So he basically said that um, here in Africa, technology like is still behind not because um the people like don't want to be to to be on the forefront but because the resources they are quite limited and for us to to for us as a country to like progress together uh, we should focus more on the people that are in the rural areas the people that have less access to the internet so when it comes to africa yeah i'll give an example when you came back from ghana uh, we were quite exposed to a lot of technologies. Um, for example, chat, chat GPT. Uh, we were quite surprised when we got here to Zimbabwe that most of the students who were in universities, they didn't even know about this tool. And, uh, we were just, we were just shocked. So um, it shows that, um, here in Africa, like things really take time or people are not really exposed to these new technologies. So the, the first world countries, they are quite progressing uh, at a faster rate than than us, those who are in Africa, because there is really a big gap that needs to be covered. So that's some of the things that we are focusing on, especially with Impact Design Academy. We want to focus more on those people who really do not have access to um, these new technologies to these these tools that will quite help them from their day-to-day base day-to-day work um and activities so that's one of the key areas that we want to focus on and we want to tackle quite effectively we want to to make sure that we bridge the gap that is um available in uh, in most countries here in africa yeah that's very true and i think that some of it i think i i did I did put up a tweet, or is it whatever you call it now, since there's changes of name. Uh, uh, that I I really looked at the landscape that we have, especially of developers, even in Zimbabwe. We never really get to see people talk a lot about AI and AI shaping every 
every sector in the markets, it could be military, whatever, there's AI in use somewhere. And it's never really emphasized on here where, where we're from in Zimbabwe. And uh, I figured it, I think it's a, it's because there's a myth that AI is somewhere in the future and we're far from getting it. And misinformation is also there. And you see tools like OpenAI, for example, they are not available here in Zimbabwe. For you to use that, you must have, uh, what do you call it, a, a VPN or uh, things like that. So it's not common that people would say chat GPT. When you're elsewhere, it's a common thing everybody's talking about. But here, they're not really even talking about it. They don't even know what it is. They just hear people from the outside talk about it if they have access to that. So I felt that there are some policies that need to be made especially by those people who are leading the country or the region to help people grasp this new technology. Because AI is not just large language models right now. We have AI in medicine. We have AI in smart home systems. We have AI in finance. We have AI in, in trading. So there is a. it's so versatile that it can solve a lot of the problems that we have, but it's just that adoption has been very low here in Africa because when people hear of AI, they're thinking of ex machina. They are not really thinking of a model that you can run on your computer for computer vision and you can use it to detect plant diseases just looking at the leaves or taking a photo of the leaves. That's AI, but people are not aware of it. They're not aware that, in your online business, you can have a recommender system that's working as AI, but they think AI is something spookier than it actually is. So I think that's where we need to bridge that gap. And information is very important. I think uh, we we have a, a role and developers also have a role to educate, to also develop solutions to some of these problems that people are facing and while developing these solutions and explain that this is AI at work and it's not really something as scary as it's set out to be. Um, I was lucky enough to be interested in the field when I was at Ashesi that I developed a smart home system for my final engineering project. That's AI center. So I built a virtual assistant that I put on a on a microcomputer and it I would speak to it and it would control IoT devices for me. And through that that process, I've managed to make connections here in Zimbabwe and abroad, well, one of which is about the computer that I told you that I'm supposed to receive, but I still haven't because of some local issues. And I feel like if we showcase some of those projects to young people, uh, especially through the Impact Design Academy, they can be interested in hopping on the trend, not just for the sake of, oh, I'm using ChatGPT for an assignment, but rather, how can I use AI to make my life easier? How can I use AI to solve some of these redundancies that we have in our day-to-day -day work? We have people who are doing the same thing from eight to five, where there's a pattern. An AI model could help them do that in seconds. So how can they now do that? So our, our goal, especially with Impact Design Academy, is to bring that awareness and practical experience with AI such that we destroy the narrative that AI is this dangerous in the future thing that could potentially destroy the world. Obviously, there are dangers that come with AI. Yes, of data acquisition. Where are we getting the data to train the models from? And is this in, in an ethical manner? And is this data any biased? Right, We don't want to have models that are biased towards one skin color. For example, if you want to build a model for 
let's say, a beauty model that helps people with makeup, you want it to be inclusive as possible. So how can we get data that's representative of everybody and that does not infringe on the rights of those that are termed minorities? So we have a role as developers to educate and also practice caution in ensuring that in the practice of AI, AI is practiced within the bounds of ethics, within the bounds of legal rights, and within the bounds of human rights. Just to touch on last uh, something that Kelvin mentioned, I think it's very important. Uh, the practicality aspect of um, Impact Design Academy. Uh, we noticed that it's something that really lacks um, when it comes to the traditional way of of teaching or delivering content to students. Um, usually teachers just focus focus on the theory part. And when it comes to the practical part, you would see there is, there is a huge gap and students don't really like know how to connect between the theory part and the practicality part. So as Impact Design Academy, our main focus will be practicality. We'll be focusing on delivering projects or making sure that the students discover pro problems in their communities. Then as we are delivering content, they are using that um, the materials that we are giving to them um, to do the practical aspect or to solve the real world problem that is that is really happening in their communities at that at that time. So the practicality aspect is very important when it comes to AI or to technology uh, as a whole, because it is through that practical aspect that we get to experience and to learn even more and get more information from that from that uh, aspect here. And I think both of you bring up very good points about bridging the technology gap. We just published our white paper speaking about this very subject and speaking about how inclusive innovation is vital to be able to build our sustainable future and also to be able to build a technologically advanced future that is ethical and that incorporates the cultural perspectives of many different countries and cultures in, into AI. So we can have a very ethical AI that's integrated into different sectors and different companies. Um, so when, when we speak about bridging the technology gap, you spoke about the uh, challenges with policymakers more on uh, the level of government to be able to unlock access to AI. So what are some of the ways that you think that both of you can work on with your own platforms, bridging the technology gap and making access to AI more accessible, probably keeping in mind that there may be different challenges here in terms of policy, but also knowing that access to AI allows for access to many other technological tools. I think the biggest challenge right now, for example, here in Zim, Zimbabwe is because resources, computing resources are lacking. People are willing to learn, right? But there's no enough resources, computing resources, for example, to help people get started with AI. And I believe there is a ministry of ICT, there's ministry of all of those things that could provide computing resources to places like rural schools and all of that. But if that is not existent, that means we have a role as entrepreneurs, as, as technopreneurs to make this technology available to them. So we 
believe that we can start mobile labs, for example, where we can have our own resources that we can give access to those that don't. And they can learn maybe on a weekly basis, and then we can move around. We're also thinking of having uh, outreaches. How can we have an outreach and say, today we're going to a rural area in some, in, in, in some part of Zimbabwe, in some part of Ghana, with our own computers, with our own internet access, and we can train the basics, for example, to start to these students. And if we do that on a rotation basis, it will help them get started. It will, it will help to, it to ignite that interest in that in them that once people are aware that they are lacking something, they can put pressure on those that are leading and then policies can be made to change. Because policy cannot be invoked, cannot be made into action if the subjects are not even aware that they should have this thing. But once they know that this is a need, I believe they can put pressure on those that lead them and then it can that's how change can begin so we believe that we are that spark that will show people that they can do amazing things and there are amazing things that they can do with ai and that gap exists because there's no resources hence if we show them the way if we go with our own resources if we have enough funds we can even donate some of these resources and then once we have those resources available to them show them the way they can, I'm sure the young people who want to build, they want to be the next Elon Musk, they want to be the next Sam Outman. They want to do all these amazing things and they are capable. Only thing is they are limited. There's no information and there's no resources. So once we bring that to them, it is spark to that. It will start a revolution that will close that gap that exists right now. And I and I do think that is what is needed in, in order to uh, not only bridge the technological gap, uh, but to attract more resources in order to to fill the funding gap, right? because it's because it's really funding. If if there is no funding there, uh, then it becomes difficult uh, to be able to source uh, the tech tools that are needed. It's incredible work that both of you are doing. We're very pleased to support both of you in your vision of building your platforms here at the Infofest Alliance that you're a part of. And we're happy to continue on with you on your journey here. It has been a pleasure to host both of you on our podcast today. And are there any final uh, thoughts or ideas that you would like our audience to know? Yeah, I mean, I think Africa is so much potential. I think that's what I need to say. I, I'm very much interested in developing Africa. We have the youngest youths in the world. In 10 to 15 years, we have the largest working class in the world, right? And it's it's really up to us as young Africans and those that have the privilege to have information to pass it on to others, right? And I I think that it's not it's not a matter of competition with the rest of the world, but it's a matter of working together. And if you want to make the world a better place together, as a global village, Africa needs to step up. And I think one way is to educate our young Africans new trends in technology, which is why I'm in, I'm in love with Impact Design Academy, because it's one way we will do that. Because 10, 15 years from now, we want leaders in tech, leaders in business, people who are innovative coming out of Africa as well, such that we can also perform at the global stage and contribute to the development of humankind. All that about getting riches, getting a, starting a business that makes uh, whatever that announces a trillion quarter earning, 
I'm not really interested in that at this stage. I think what's more important to me is that Africa catches up to the rest of the world. Africa becomes a beacon of hope too and becomes where the workforce is innovative enough to come up with new solutions because the world is changing. How we are doing things need to change too. Yep. And I believe that the only way we can do that effectively is not to wait for some superhero and some savior to come from outside our continent. I believe we are our own superheroes, we are our own saviors as Africans. So we should really look or do research more and be willing to to teach others or to let others be exposed to these new technologies. If someone has information, like the way we started um, our own projects, me and Kelvin, we did our own research. We learned through free courses um, on Coursera, like you said. And after it was after that, after we had acquired that knowledge that we noticed that other people don't really know about these things. So it is it will be quite helpful and beneficial to everyone for us to give them um, such knowledge or to expose them to such such information because it will be helpful to not only um, individuals but to communities and to countries and eventually Africa as a whole. Then would it is only after that that we'll be able to to catch up to the rest of the world. So I believe we are on saviors as Africa. Africans here. Yep. Well, we believe in you here at Impact Vest, and we're here to support you. And I have no doubt that you'll be able to achieve your goals uh, to be able to build the platform that not only bridges the technology gap, but creates the foundation for future leaders on the African continent. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks to both of you. It's really been a pleasure speaking to you today, and I look forward to seeing you in our global calls. Absolutely. Absolutely. We'll be there. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the Impact Vest podcast, transformative global innovation in a new era of impact. Join us next week for another episode and become part of our Impact Vest newsletter community, where you will receive all of the latest updates about our work in this new era of innovative impact finance. See you next week as we create the future of finance at Impact Vest.